Oh my gosh, is every week gonna be hello to everybody but Donald Trump? Is that just the the new opening I think for like the foreseeable be. future? Until November, hopefully. <sighs> what if we're stuck with him for four more years? I wanna cry at that thought. I wanna fight. Hello to everybody but Donald Trump. I'm Maya. I'm Sarah. This is Strong Opinions. We are back. All right. So, so much has happened in this last week. I want to start with Lebanon. Yeah, happened today. Happened today. Um, I reached out to one of my college friends who's Lebanese and her family lives in Beirut. Oh, yeah. So I was really worried because I love her mom so much. Um, And her mom was there when it happened. Uh, And she said that her mom was there... But her mom left after everything happened yesterday. So I'm not aware of what happened yesterday. Or I don't think this is stuff that happened yesterday. I think that. But what is like today there? Like what is the date? Like because of time difference, right? Totally. Right. Yes. Um, Anyway, but the explosion, um, from what I saw from that, uh, they said that it was a um, fireworks like warehouse, but that was near a. a warehouse that was holding some type of expo- explosive. So you can kind of see when the building's on fire, the uh, like red fire, like yeah. you can see fireworks going off. But there's one video in particular, there's a different, a bunch of different vantage points to this explosion in Lebanon. Uh, but there's one video in particular um, that shows like a highway right in front of it. Hmm. And then it shows like this kind of like a double explosion. So it's like an explosion that then prompts the like or or sets off like the mushroom looking explosion that you see kind of expand through wow. the city. Um, but there was like a highway right there and cars just driving while this building's on fire. And then it just like levels the entire <gasps> like area. It's terrifying. And I think the thing that's scariest about it is that um, allegedly, according to what I've been reading, it's it was just an accident. Like it was a straight up like explosion that could happen in any area you know i don't again i can't confirm what was being held um in those uh warehouses or factories or whatever it was that exploded but it wasn't like as far as we know like any type of attack or any it was very much just like a something caught fire that was very explosive yeah and then they said it um damage reached as far as like six miles away from the site or something um so yeah so we i've been trying to look into some uh, places to donate to and ways to help. It's hard to help internationally, like with anything other than donation and awareness and things like that. Um, but I have a deep distrust of the Red Cross Foundation. Hmm. I don't know where this stems from. I just believe in my heart that that money does not go where they say it does. And so I always try to look for smaller companies, the smaller organizations, I should say, that uh, are where you can see them giving their money to different, like, grassroots causes to like help people want because i just any giant corporation that's taking large amounts of donations that's like not for profit but like their ceos are wealthy and stuff like that it Mm -hmm. just and i don't know anything about the c-suite at red cross but i just something about i feel like i've heard so many things about money not going where it should go and it just freaks me out so i did find a place um that i did donate to let me see what it's called it was on my story i'm like terrified to pull up instagram have some random song playing um so it's impact lebanon this is what my friend posted 
um, my Lebanese friend. And so I was like, well, first of all, I trust it because it's coming from her. But then I looked into it and uh, donated. And you do have to do it. You have to donate in pounds. Hmm. Uh, but I did it through PayPal and they just went ahead and uh, handled it because I didn't want any random international fees. or any, I don't know how that would work with my bank. But uh, so we'll look into more ways to help Lebanon and we will uh, put it in the newsletter. Yeah. Monday. Going on destru- destruction, like lots of uh, lots of natural disasters this week. Um, the Earth is tired of us, right? Like um, tornadoes, like on the East Coast, North Carolina, um, a hurricane too, mm-hmm. um, an earthquake in LA, mm-hmm. um, and wildfires in Northern California. Like mm-hmm. Jesus, take the wheel, you know. He is going to take something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and then. Uh, um trump just like i i miss having a president that was educated or can at least pronounce words correctly i just want to point out before we get into trump which yes i i agree with that um i'm looking at our topics and it's just chaos and then like tiktok (laughs) (laughs) and i love that that's literally the theme of 2020 is chaos and calamity Mm-hmm. In TikTok and like Ellen. Yeah. That's all we have. Right. Continue. Um, so he uh, he basically put out this new legislation um, helping national parks. Um, and he said, Yosemite, wrong. Um, he doesn't know Yosemite English or, or any other Yosemites. language. He knows zero languages. <laughs> he cannot speak or read. He is illiterate. He knows no words. He knows zero words. He like may know the word Trump, but that's it. He knows nothing. He is not intelligent. Uh, so anyway, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on him because he's not worth it. But no, I have some things to say about him later. Okay. Strong opinions. Um. So, uh, going to TikTok. I know we've given lots of attention to TikTok, but that's kind of just twenty twenty. Um, uh, Trump trying to get rid of TikTok, um, claiming security threats. Um, Microsoft wants to buy TikTok. Now Trump is saying, um, that. Basically, TikTok needs to sell to a U.S. buyer by September 15th and that the United States should get some portion of that sale. And so, <laughs> like... Like the U.S. government? Right, yeah. So, I don't Wait, know how that lo- works what? legally, but some people are like, that's extortion, right? Um, so, I don't know enough about it, but what I do know is that Microsoft is in talks with, with TikTok to purchase it. Um, TikTok has to buy a U.S. has to find a U.S. buyer, and Trump is just chaotic. That is uh, fascinating to me that he thinks that. First of all, if I were TikTok, I would, somebody from the C-suite um, or like a some type of business partner of the people who are running and owning TikTok, I would just form a company. Anybody who's like U.S. based, I will form a company in the U.S. and then just merge the two. And then what can you even say? Right. At that point. So I I don't know. I He describes his proposal as being similar to a lease between a landlord and a tenant. No. Adding that TikTok owes the U.S. Work. for success. No. no. What? Crazy. How can, how can I have so much just like darkness in my heart towards somebody? This is not healthy. No. To feel this way toward a human, to who is allegedly a human, like a, a physical creature that like walks the earth. 
to feel this way toward oh i've just remembered a topic speaking of creatures <laughs> that walk the earth um yeah it's i'm perpetually and forever baffled i just don't understand but um piggybacking off of tiktok um so i have a very close friend who works at instagram um and she uh invites me to certain things that you know certain initiatives that instagram is doing and so i feel comfortable saying this during this uh recording on this tuesday evening because this will be released tomorrow so i feel comfortable speaking about it um i don't even know if it was i don't think it was a secret i just don't know what i can and can't say but uh in typical instagram fashion they have decided to uh destroy another social media platform um, and I'm saying this with no hate or malice in my heart toward these actions you know having IG stories is the reason why I never had to commit to snapchat um, and you know I was never a vine girl so I have no hate in my heart toward Instagram um, and their uh, desire to constantly just devour every competitor and do it well mm-hmm. I don't care. it's like Pac-Man it's ex- it's exactly Pac-Man and so uh, they've created Reels, which is TikTok. And uh, I haven't tried it out. It's been on my phone for a couple days, like the beta version. I don't think it's a beta version. I think it's just the unreleased feature. But it's going to be released to the public tomorrow. So we've started seeing like the font switch over for like stories and things like that. So I haven't recorded anything on Reels, but that's also because I've had a TikTok account for months and haven't recorded anything for TikTok either. So uh, I'm deciding if I want to just remain geriatric uh, <laughs> and just not learn any of the new technology. Mm. Do I just want to let, is this where I let myself go? And I just refuse. I just start calling them those kids. Like, is this the point <laughs> that I just go ahead and give up on my mm. youth? I feel like it may be. So I haven't learned TikTok, but I am interested in Reels just because it's another thing I can do just from the Instagram app and I don't have to go elsewhere but tiktok will always have a special place in my heart but we say this but vine was also fired to the girls and instagram came and successfully filled that spot in people's hearts even though there's nostalgia around vine right so i think that if the same creators are like oh bet cool instagram then instagram reels will also pop and it'll be fine um but uh yeah i started seeing random reels pop up on my feed because if you had access to it you could see other people you potentially could see other people's reels while we were all testing it and so i saw the couple celebrity reels and stuff like that nobody's doing anything super super creative some people are bringing tiktok trends over to instagram but i haven't seen anybody do anything like super original with it yet but we've only been able to play with it for a couple days so um i'll be interested to see how that goes like how that plays out and also whether or not that actually convinces people to move over because the one thing that Instagram has done well for creators and the reason that you know people kind of have really invested in it is that they have uh it's easier to monetize I don't know how well Mm. TikTok is with monetizing as a creator I don't see any like promote promotion you know, tag, sponsor tags. I don't know anything about TikTok though. So that could very well be all over TikTok. And I yeah. don't know. Um, but I know that the girls make their coin on. Um, the girls make their coin on TikTok too. Do they? They do. I mean, I assume. the girl, They're buying houses off TikTok. And right? TikTok um, made a creator fund of like a billion dollars basically to support their creators. So I don't, I, 
I'm confident that TikTok is going to be around for a minute. I mean, yeah, TikTok has become like its own culture at this point. So I don't think they have anything to worry about. It's like Instagram also tried to do IGTV in that did not end YouTube. So they don't right. always, you know, they're not always Cersei in the window watching the smoke. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes they're um, Cersei walking through the alley mm-hmm. with the tomatoes. <laughs> but like with the look of like, I will destroy you in her eyes, mm-hmm. but like the tomatoes. Mm. So, it, you know, everybody, we all have our moments. Speaking of walking through, <laughs> speaking of walking Shame. through proverbial streets. Uh, with people screaming shame at you. Ellen um, is having a tough time right now. She's really going through it. And, you know, we've all, I'm I'm sure at this point we've all seen that she's basically being dragged for the fact that her, uh, you know, supposedly happy and positive workplace is very toxic um, and traumatizing to people, employees, and that it's just like a bad place to be, allegedly. I saw that she released that like statement to her uh her team she did like a some type of like a statement to like the ellen Hmm. team that obviously got released but all this to say there's talks about whether or not the show's going to end um and uh if she will be replaced instead with somebody like james corden who's like the top person that they're talking about right now um and i saw a lot on twitter about this the other day about just like there's like five comedians on TV who get these roles over and over and over again. Right. And every single one is white. That's why everybody was so shocked when Trevor Noah got his show, even though my husband, Trevor Noah. I was just going to say, you mean my husband? Sweetheart, don't do <laughs> let's not do this right now. We both had wine. You know, we don't want to get into it mm. over my husband, Trevor Noah. I Let me say something. You girls think that you could, you know, step into my happy home and ruin what I have, what's for me, because you saw him behind a desk with a suit on. Honey, I've been in love with Trevor Noah since he first started dropping comedy specials on the internet. Don't play with me. Don't play this game with me. Trevor Noah and Michael Bay, we don't play these games about these men. All right? I don't want anything to start between us. Truth. Give me a Tabitha or somebody adjacent who's genuinely positive. Yeah. And who can come and do like cooking, you know, little moments off to on the side stage where they do all the things and come and do little chef moments. Give me something like that. I'd be very happy. Um, But yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I don't watch Ellen anyway, so I ain't crying about it. But I know a lot of people love when she gives away TVs. So sorry to (laughs) y'all. Okay, um, loving this. First of all, I want to talk very, very briefly about Black is King because I haven't watched it yet. And uh, I've just, obviously, we cannot avoid all of the visuals that have been all over social media since uh, this project came out. Um, I love it. I love what I'm seeing. I just haven't watched it yet for multiple reasons. One, because there's so much buildup that I don't know what, like space I'm supposed to be in to step into that much like artistry second I was never you know to be honest very interested in listening to the um the gift album Mm. uh I loved the Lion King movie I thought that was very well done but 
I never, I, I never want to, necessarily wanted to sit down and listen to the gift. This is somebody who sits down and listens to every Beyonce album. I just, to me, it, it registered in my brain that soundtrack. And I'm never, unless the soundtrack is woven into the movie in a way where like I'm listening to the soundtrack and it's just reminding me of the movie. Yeah. The gift was kind of a, like a complimentary album to the movie. So you're not listening to the songs and thinking about the scenes that popped up in the movie. It's like its own thing. So I just never felt the urge to listen to the the album. Um, so that being said, I need to be in a space to one, digest the album for the first time. And then to two, digest all the visuals. And then to three, try to digest all the meaning behind all the visuals and all the artistry and all the different artists that she's worked with and their past projects and their work and just all the little Easter eggs that I know mm. Beyonce scatter through. The, just everything she does, she does with intention. And so I need I need a lot of mental energy to like immer- And I need the time to be able to do it all in one sitting. Right. Because I'm not trying to stop and do some later. So... I haven't watched it yet, but I've been loving the visuals. I've been loving, um, I've been loving how so many major, I shouldn't say so many, but like people like Rihanna and Beyonce are really tapping into uh, niche and up and coming creators and putting them on these big platforms. So Rihanna with Fenty Skin of, you know, sending her PR package to smaller black YouTubers first. And then sending it to the other people who usually get those types of things later. Yeah. Um, and then seeing how many different artists Beyonce has like catapulted, you know, into the spotlight through this project. So I love, I love that. I love when they find people who people should know about and they kind of put them on because it's so well deserved. Once you know about that person, it's like, how did I not know about this person? Right. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Love it. I'm excited to watch it. I'm loving this week. Um, so my um, one of my celebrity crushes, Nicholas Braun, uh, he is um, an actor on Succession. He did something really like goofy and stupid, and I just kind of love it. Um, but the thought behind it, like he took it to a whole other level. So he basically like, created this like riff about like antibodies, and then got like all of his like followers and stuff to basically send send in like their like version of it to music um and so he got like you know folk or like rock and roll and like all this other stuff um and he like made this song and then did this like really goofy like music video that's very like avril lavigne like pop punky like he's got the eyeliner like he's taking it to a whole other level um it's called Do You Have the An- Antibodies? Rolling Stone, like, released it, um, like, did, like, this whole big story on it. Um, and then um, he made, like, a whole, like, website for it and, like, merch and things. And it's all going to, like, you know, nonprofits. And he has, like, a, a testing site, like, a, you know, like, one of those things where you can go see what the closest, like, testing location is to you. Um I just love the level of care to something that was just started as like something like really goofy um and it's super corny like and I love it so that's that's a level of comedy that I don't subscribe to personally you know I have like very dry like dark comedy but I can appreciate attaching actual like actionable things to something funny because then you know right and also it was a mood like do you have the antibodies right do you 
if you don't like legitimately don't come near me yeah i understand that and i feel like that is in a way it, it belongs you know when they do the end of year radio like compilation like, compilation of all the the hits this would be one of them it should at least open up the compilation mm-hmm. it should at least be the first track just for like a second of him screaming do you have the antifight and then we could just cut right to the next song um but yeah i i respect <laughs> i respect all well-produced quarantine art mm-hmm. for the most part yeah like merch he has like a whole donation thing a text to text to donate you can download the stems and create your own version of the song. You can create a TikTok video. Like, he thought of everything. It's Love it. Lot. It's a lot. Um, speaking of a lot, social media in general is actually too much. And I have a love-hate relationship with social media where I wish I could have none of it. I would love to live in a time and place where I could just not ever but with having a business and with living away from friends and family, you kind of have to, to some to a certain extent, have some type of presence online. And it's the bane of my existence. And so I really appreciated this week's episode of I May Destroy You, which, as we know, is just, I just can't wait for the BAFTAs next year and the Emmys for Michaela to just get everything that she is owed for this project. It is brilliant. It's so good. It's so, like intricately told and also I, I love that I can't tell the difference between like her real life in the show to an extent like obviously she's not the character from the show but I love that like I can't tell if she cut her hair because of what she went through in her life or if she cut her hair for the show like there's so many parallels mm. but then there, it's also two totally different stories uh it's just so good but um, this ep- this week's episode was a lot about like social media and using essentially uh, kind of hiding in your social media when you go through something traumatic or mm. if you're like going through any type of emotional thing, kind of the, the need to kind of burrow into your social media and the validation you get from that, but the stress that causes also the idea of like experiencing something traumatic and then uh, kind of putting yourself on a... Uh, platform on social about that trauma and the weight that that causes for people looking to you and, and dumping on you about their similar trauma or looking to you as like the person who's supposed to be the voice of that trauma and like how much that can weigh and just the dynamics of like people in your life and like the things you're going that you're doing in your life like she had this scene where uh, she's in the doctor's getting like some tests done or whatever and the doctor's trying to tell her the results of like a like a brain scan or something and she's like one second and starts like ig living it and like her best friend is sitting next to her and like rolling her eyes and the doctor's just looking at her but she's basically doing this whole motivational talk like and you gotta take care of yourself self-care i'm at the doctor and i got my scans and just like being like super quote-unquote transparent and like right. and like uh what do you call it um documenting everything mm-hmm. but like how in how much that interrupts your actual life. Hmm. Like we look at people recording all these things, but we don't think about the fact that they're in that situation with their phone out, talking to their phone while they're, you know, we only yeah. see them recording. It's a very strange thing that we've like created in the society that needs to be like recording ourselves so much. And so the way that, you know, the way that she handles, obviously the beginning, the beginning of this show is, can be very triggering. But then the the majority of the show is very much how she's navigating just like life with this with the stress on her 
in the, the different ways that, that could affect different avenues of her life and the different ways that she has to unpack not just the thing that she went through, but then her tendency to bury anything that doesn't fit into this idea of what she's trying to make her life. And so it's such a good show. But all this to say, I love uh, this week's take on social media. It uh, When her therapist, she has like a black therapist, a black female therapist, which is the best kind of therapist that you can have. Because there's nothing that you could tell a black woman that is going to shock her or that she has not, you know, there's no type of trauma or hardship that the collective black woman can't understand and relate to. Um, whether it's sexism, whether it's racism, what just all of it, LGBT issues, there's no type of uh, minority that the black woman doesn't fit into. And so uh, it just reinforced one, get yourself a black female therapist. I don't care how healthy you think you are, you need therapy. And two, um, let your, your black female therapist drag you and tell you the things that you need to work on. Um, and uh, help you work through the trauma that we all carry with ourselves and try to be high-functioning even though we have issues, all of us, collectively, and we should work on that. So that's, uh, I'm just, I just love that show. I just can't wait to see, I can't wait to see her career further explode from this because mm. we knew that she was so talented, such a genius, but I don't think we've seen this level of, like, work from mm. a creator like her. Um in recent years like it's like it's yeah it's amazing cool so jumping into please help um we got a question um and here it is um i've recently launched my own fashion brand more specifically right before COVID 19 which totally messed up everything and so i've been really struggling Uh, with sales since March, which basically since I launched. I primarily sell cocktail dresses, and given the circumstances, there haven't really been many parties uh, the past few months. Um, As a new entrepreneur, I can't afford to pay influencers plus free dress plus shipping cost, so I was considering reaching out to some influencers to see if they'd be willing to collaborate and accept a free dress and a 10% discount code for their followers in return for some posts slash marketing brands but after seeing a few posts here and there it seems like a lot of influencers get offended if i was to even ask them unless i can offer them payment my dresses cost roughly 100 to 430 us dollars um and worldwide shipping around 25 to 50 us uh, dollars depending on the country i have uh hundred excuse me 30 30, 30, followers and i've done many collabs based on receiving a product and no payment i mean not all brands have a huge marketing budget so if an influencer is willing to collaborate only based on receiving a free product isn't that okay so yeah um so there's a couple little things i'll say about that one uh, you got to pivot. You got to figure out something else that you can sell in this interim, at least for the States, because even if you put your outfits on influencers, if people are not going out and wearing dresses right now, people are not going to buy dresses. Personally, I have stopped buying all types of regular clothes and I essentially have started buying almost exclusively like active wear mm-hmm. and like, you athleisure. know, athleisure and jean shorts and things that I can just run around in. Um, because I don't really have a desire unless I see a great deal and I'm like, this is on sale. Like I got this like uh, blue dress from Aritzia where I was just like, 
even if I wear this in two years, it's on like a crazy sale. People are not going to go out of their way to buy dresses right now. It's just not, especially with everybody kind of like financially hurting and your price point is very reasonable, but it also is a luxury price point. Um, and uh, people just aren't getting together and, and buying. Even if they are getting together, they're not necessarily going out of their way to spend money on new things to get together. Yeah. So I would suggest you pivot, at least just in the time being. We've seen every company start making disinfectant wipes, hand sanitizer, and uh, face masks. There's a reason for that, because they recognize that the thing that they were previously selling is not as in demand as those items. And so I don't know if you want to get in the face mask game, but the girls are doing well there. Yeah. Um, other than that, you may want to start cranking out some sweats, some t-shirts. You'll be surprised how much you can charge somebody for a t-shirt, and they will pay it. Um, but yeah, I would look into even like if you do dresses, maybe doing like t-shirt dresses or just something mm. more casual at a lower price point that you can crank out to at no, not, not too much cost to you uh, that people will still want to buy. And then on the flip side, internationally, because other countries aren't quite as garbage as us, they're able to start to get back to their regular lives. So we're seeing like Europe start to open up. Uh, New Zealand's chilling. They have zero cases. And, uh, you know, Canada's doing pretty okay. The girls are wearing their face masks, but they're out and about. Um, and so those may be, it may be, um, if you're going to start doing that type of outreach, it may be good to start looking at micro-influencers outside of the U.S. that you can do that with in countries where people are free to go out and they do it frequently. Um, and then as far as on the influencer side, unfortunately, influencers have not unfortunately for the influencer unfortunately for small businesses um sometimes influencers have a right to charge a fee for the following that they've built it's not easy to build this type of following and some are willing to accept product or some other form of payment but a lot of them have their rate and they if they respect themselves in their position that they're in they're going to be like this is my rate and so unless i want to make an exception because i really love your brand or because we've created some other type of partnership this is my rate and as a business you have to you know you have to respect that it's like if you go mm -hmm. into the gucci store and you're like but i want to give you a free dress in exchange for this gucci suit they're like girl the gucci suit costs what it costs it's the same thing with the the influence you're doing they have something that makes money for yeah. other people like they would make money for you so what they're doing is worth money and so they are right to charge that you know depending on what their price is it should be it should make sense with their following and their their reach um but you can't get mad at influencers that's how they make a living they can't pay their rent with the dress that you give them and the 10 percent off code like they they're living off that money as well um, and so even though I think people should be respectful, I think that it is about the, how you approach influencers mm -hmm. and um, the energy that you send out. Like, don't don't approach them feeling like you're entitled to their following because you're going to give them something um, a lot. I would approach them asking what their rate is and then go from there. Either mm -hmm. you can't afford it and you bow out or you counter. But at least, you know, like if their rate is five thousand dollars a post, you don't even need to try because it's not going to happen if their rate is. Fifty dollars, fifty bucks, yeah. then maybe it's worth it to them to accept the dress that, that's more than their rate in dollars. So it has to make sense. But um, I, I would say it's not unfair for you to want to do something in exchange for product, but you have to recognize that that's only going to be applicable to a certain amount mm -hmm. and a certain level of influencer. And you can't expect you may get lucky, but you can't expect something outside of that. Um, yeah, that's my. That's my opinion. I think you could also try gifting too because there's mm -hmm. no expectation that they're going to post. But 
if it's something that is not a throwaway item, but something that isn't um, the return on investment of that post is you're you're not as concerned. Like I don't know. Like everyone has product that they want and care about, and of course you want to see them post it. But um, I feel like gifting is a great one surprise and delight kind of thing. Of people aren't expecting it, um, and if you kind of create like a PR list or something like that, um, and you send out like you know goodies every once in a while, um, people will one hundred percent post that on like their Instagram stories. But there's no expectation of that. Um, and it comes across more uh, genuine, genuine to their audience too, and that's the whole thing. Is uh, even uh, even going after a influencer who will post where the post won't come across as genuine is not necessarily going to translate into sales for you. You know, so I agree. I think that um, kind of paying attention to what influencers are posting when they're gifted something. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, write them a cute card. Do what you have to do. But um, paying attention to and making a list of influencers who actually notice when they get stuff they post, they're like really excited, they love the card. And don't go after any jaded or stuck up influencers who would just feel like they're entitled to that. Go after the ones who have actual engaged followers, people who are commenting on their stuff, liking their stuff, sharing their content. Um, and then um, pay attention to how they communicate with the brands that they work with, the brands that, like people... You can tell when people don't get things sent to them often because there's an excitement mm-hmm. in that base, or as opposed to influencers who are always being gifted stuff and have mm-hmm. a, a pile of PR boxes on the side and they don't feel the need to post about all of it because they get that shit all the time. Like, yeah. After the ones who would be excited about it and who you think that your dresses would actually fit their aesthetic and their style they don't have to go out of their way to wear it because it's something that they would wear and would pay for anyway and give that to them make sure it's super personalized make sure the card's super cute packaging is super cute um and uh you can always put a line in there like we'll love to connect with you here's our social or whatever but it doesn't have to be like a in exchange for this you do this for me Mm because the reality is depending on the level of influence you're dealing with there a post from them is worth more money than a single product usually you know yeah so they feel like they're getting the short end of the stick if the post for them is usually worth x amount of money and they're only getting product value at x amount of money you know so just keep i would keep those things in mind yeah okay so um two semi-quick things uh i don't i don't have these two things pulled up so i'm just gonna go off my memory of them i actually want to get donald out of the way first um, so Sarah hasn't seen this yet, but I'm sure whoever's listening, you guys have. Uh, Donald Trump's interview with Jonathan Swan on Axios um, on HBO. You haven't seen it, Sarah? Mm-mm. So <laughs> I'm just waiting for TikTok to grab this because it's so TikTokable. Like it truly is like TikTok gold. The soundbite alone. I was I was actually looking at the, the, the time on the video trying to figure out how you get that just the be- the perfect 60 seconds of it. Like where that falls in the video, where would you start it and where would you stop it? Because the whole like two minutes or so is just gold. Essentially, uh, Jonathan Salon is interviewing uh, 45 and he's basically talking to him about the fact that He's talking to him about the fact that the coronavirus numbers are going up. The COVID numbers are going up in the States. And so Donald, um, in his hair, they have a stack of loose 
papers, loose like computer papers, like loose like literally they fell out of the printer and somebody like grabbed them up and just handed it to them. They're not in order. They're not flipped the way they should be. And so he, they just he's holding a, a, a pile of loose papers and Jonathan's just trying to have a conversation with him. And the, what you realize in a moment of horror is that these loose papers are proof of a thing that that Donald is trying to to prove. These this is his evidence, his receipts, so to speak. And so basically, the conversation is all about the the COVID numbers mm-hmm. in the states in relations to other countries and what the states is doing about those numbers. And so um, Donald pulls out what I can only describe as. You know, when kids see their older sibling doing their homework in like fourth grade, their math homework, and they also want to do the math homework because they're like, you know, five and they're just like, oh, you know, uh, Mikey's doing his homework. Let me pull up a crayon and some loose paper and start doing what he's doing. And so uh, he starts pulling out. He turns this one paper around. He says, Something about how the numbers are good. Numbers are great. They're excellent. They're the best numbers. And so he says something along the lines of, as you can see on this chart, it turns around the line graphs, which is, it's a blank piece of white paper with a couple lines (laughs) that go like this. I can't make this shit up. And so he's like, "Um, the U.S. is at the bottom, which means we're number one, we're the best. It's like his explanation of this graph. And so the guy's basically trying to, he's like, let me see the graph. He's like, you can see it right here. So he hands him the the line graph or the chart, whatever. And uh, the guy's like, he's trying to figure out what he's looking at at first. Cause Donald had flipped this paper over, like rotated this paper several times, trying to find the top of the paper. Oh my gosh. And so he hands the page to the guy and the guy's like, oh, this is in relation to like COVID cases. I'm talking about the numbers of people who've died in relation to population and how that compares to the rest of the world. And Donald's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. The guy's like, well, I can't do that. You have to look at the cases. And the guy's like, I feel like it's very valid to look at the number of people who have died in comparison to the number of people that live there. I think that's a valid measurement. Like, why can't I look at that? He's like, you have to compare it to the cases. Like, we're testing. And you know, he was like, as we're testing, like the, the numbers are falling. He was like, no, the numbers fell. They went from 2,000 deaths a day to 500, and now they're back at 1,000 and rising. They're not rising. Yes, they are. They're not rising. Nationally, they're rising. And so this is the argument they're having. And Donald keeps pulling out different types of graphs. <laughs> so he pulls out another graph that's a bar graph, different color bars, like maybe six bars. You know a bar graph. Yeah. It's like, you know, six bars, different colors. I don't think there's any words on these graphs. I zoomed in trying to find the data that these graphs represent. They're just lines, like bar so he oh answered to the guy, and the guy's just looking at him like, what am I looking at? And then Donald has several other papers just jumbled up in his little hand. <laughs> and the next paper has some information. He's talking about, you know, the next graph, and I don't see a single thing on this piece of paper. And maybe it was just some words, and I don't... My point is, <laughs> you have to watch the interview. This man is an idiot. He is just... Somebody compared it to the... I don't didn't watch... I've never watched SNL, but the Fred... Amundsen character oh, that never yeah. completes his sentence. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, this is literally Donald Trump because he was just unable to comprehend that this man is like, the numbers are rising based on the deaths per population. More people are dying daily. He was like, the numbers are better than they were initially. He was like, but they're on the rise. They're going back up. That's the, that's, he was like, if they weren't 
going up, we wouldn't be talking about this, but they're going up. So they're getting into this argument and I just applaud Jonathan for standing his ground and, you know, just being the adult in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, we love it. So yeah, I encourage you all to go. If you, if you somehow missed that, you know, interview, please go watch it. It's, I think What's that, it on? It's online. Oh. It's on the internet. I thought you said point. HBO or like an HBO interview. Yeah, the full interview, which I don't think I could stomach, is on um, Axios. Um, I think it's HBO. I saw Axios and I saw HBO under it in the little like logo. Um, check it out. It's unreal. It's truly like this is not the world that we're living in. He is just incapable of just like simple thought processes like he is not able to understand anything about anything at all it's i've never in my life i don't think i've met a child this dumb i think Mm. even children can come to really great conclusions even being people who have only existed for a couple years this man has existed for so many years so many and he just is unable to just like his brain just something is not on in there some so next um (laughs) i uh saw something on twitter so do you know that girl on tiktok who is um i don't know her name i should have looked up her name but i also don't care um the girl who's known for that meme where she's like Oh, yeah. What's Do you know her name? I don't know her name, but... Because you guys can't see me. The right. girl who does... There's a meme... It's like, oh, okay. Where she's like, well, oh, hmm. Where she's like thinking. Well, she's like, well, hmm. That that, no. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Um, this white woman. And uh, she... There was... I guess she may have gotten some hot water about uh, some some rap lyrics or some something that she was like... People felt like she was appropriating some type of, you know, black shit. Yikes. I think specifically um, AAVE, which is African-American Vernacular English, for those of you who are new, welcome. Um, and uh, she was, her argument was essentially like, when people, like, of course, that's a thing. But her argument was that when when people use this widely, like when people are quoting rap lyrics or people are saying stuff like, I stand or like, yes, or I come, like all the typical like, internet quote-unquote internet slang that people use how that's just stand culture so you can't like yes we understand that you know african-american vernacular english is a thing but when it's so widely used and it's so part of internet culture it is like internet culture at that point and black people just dragged her to where she belongs because the mass appropriation of things that black people typically are told that we are ignorant because of the way that we speak um when um, AAVE is like its own language with its own rules and also fully like between AAVE and like LGBTQ slang that is all of pop culture right there so I just want to let you guys know that just because we have been allowing the mass use of uh, our slang just because you know the trans community has been allowing the mass use of their slang and their way of speaking does not mean that if you get called out for it, you are safe because the whole internet does it. Mm. It's not okay. Like, 
it's fine, but when people call you out for certain things, just shut up and take it because you get you're allowed to do it all the time. So in the moment where people are like, mm, this, you probably went too far and they're bringing you back, respect it. And this ties into something else that I saw. Somebody said, I think it was a trans woman who was talking about, she's either trans or she was a drag queen who was talking about um, the use of LGBTQIA. Thanks. I wanted to put all the letters in there. Plus. Plus. Um, the use of their slang and how so much, some, so many of the words that we use in culture today comes directly from the gay community, like straight up. And I feel like if you're using these words with the understanding of where they come from and with the respect for the culture that they come from, and you're like not, it's not racist for you to do so. Like if you're not, if you're not using words where it's like, you know, based on the color of your skin that you will get fought in these streets. If it's not that situation, if you're like, yes, queen, and like, you know, hey girl, like the use of queen, girl, sis, um, all, all these words that we use all the time come straight from trans, the trans community. And there's a history behind why all these words are used. And now, you know, we see these ha things happening on the internet. So we think that some magical internet fairy came up with all these dope words. And that's why we all know Stan, all that stuff came from the LGBT community. It came from ballroom culture. It came from 80s, you know, uh, the 80s gay scene. And we all have been appropriating words that mean something to them, you know? So, and I think that, you know, I consider myself somebody who tries my best to advocate for all of us. Like, you know what I'm saying? All of us meaning like black people, gay people, you know, trans people, all of that. Um, but uh, you have to understand that if somebody belonging to the culture where something originated is telling you that that's problematic, and I don't care whether it's language, whether it's any type of appropriation, if somebody who came from the place where that started is telling you no, it is your responsibility. Like if a trans person comes up to me and says, call something, call an inanimate object girl one more time. It's up to me to be like, I'm my bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because you can't dictate what is appropriate. Like you can't dictate whether or not you're appropriating some shit that doesn't belong to you. Take the note. Take the note and leave the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I saw that. I thought that was important because I just want us all to be hyper aware of the fact that so much of pop culture comes from the black and the LGBTQIA community and it's not recognized. And that's usually the issue is when something is being used and something is being monetized, something is being popularized that is not being attributed back to the place where it started. And so the history is being forgotten, the history is not being respected and the community that, that created it is not being acknowledged and respected and you know credited with the creation of that thing is being made to seem like Oh, you know, it's just, it's, it's something to be mindful of because then when you start pissing people off and they have to drag you or drag, read again, two words that come straight from the uh, LGBTQ community right? Um, that we use all the time. There's so many, there's so many things we use in our everyday lives. So I just want to kind of spotlight that now that just kind of take note of the the language you use and try to be mindful about where it came from and then try to keep that same energy when you deal with those communities if you love the art and the language and the culture that's coming from certain communities keep that same energy when those communities are being attacked keep that same energy when people from those communities are being killed trans women are still dying y'all don't care 
black people are still dying. Y'all don't care. Y'all care, but y'all don't care when it comes to actually making actionable decisions in your everyday lives that will actually affect that. No, I'm not talking about no black and white picture, you know, no black square. I'm talking about open your purse. Um, again, something that I'm pretty sure a gay man came up with. Um, if I have my Twitter history correct, um, do what you need to do to actually support them in ways that will affect their everyday lives. And then maybe they'll invite you to their version of the cookout, which is what black people invite you to when you have proven yourself to be unproblematic, but we're constantly having to kick people out of the cookout too. So just don't be trash is kind of the moral of the story. Yeah. So one of our featured artists and one of my good friends, Chianadu Nwadibia, is a amazing photographer. Um, she has a show out here in LA at News 2 Studio. It's like in Chinatown. It's beautiful. I went on its, I think it was the opening night or it was the day after. It was like the first two nights where she mm-hmm. had like all the like cheese plates and the grapes and the wine. It was very nice. But um, also I'm featured in it. There's little pictures oh. of us and our friends who are like, she has like a section where it's like a lot of Polaroids because she does a lot of like film. Um, and a bunch of me and my girls are in it. It's really cute, but it kind of like spotlights just like blackness, African culture, just different, different areas of like the black diaspora. So it's really awesome. Um, but she just got into Yale School of Art. Yeah. So she's like legitimately a Yale bitch. I love this for her. I'm a fake Yale bitch. Um, I'm taking like an online Yale course that is fully free or you could pay for it if you want to like certificate. But me and some of my other friends have a joke about like, um, taking online free courses at Ivy's and then getting the sweatshirt as if we went. But this girl can get the sweatshirt and actually has gone or is going. And I'm so excited for her. It's so well-deserved. She was also featured on Black Parade, which is, you know, Beyonce's, you know, glorious Black index of creators and businesses and all of that. Um, And so I just want to shout her out. I love her so much. I'm so proud of her. I've seen her just busting her ass. We've worked with her with PT. I just love her work. She's so sweet. Yeah, I'm so excited to just see her kill it. And uh, I think she's getting like her master's. Yeah, MFA in photography. It's just, oh my gosh. Go Chi Chi. I just, I love when my friends are Ivy bitches. I love that so much. I would never, no Ivy would let me Mm -hmm. in, but I love... Go, like go check out our website um her photo is um the photo that we're using for please help and mm-hmm. it's just like it's the best it's perfect the her best. bio and her website and everything is also on um our website so you can check that out on the featured artist page or you can just hover over um please help please help words on the home page and you'll see the picture and then you'll see all her if you click on her names or anything wherever on the site it'll click you either to her instagram or her um website so please check her out and yes we're very we're very proud and we will always be uh fangirls of all of our friends who do stuff that we think are cool yeah so thanks for tuning in um join us on facebook for our facebook group called your people um and subscribe to our newsletter be busy drops every monday um we do all the doom scrolling for you and like and subscribe like and subscribe all right guys so let's just hope that we just make it to the next week because i'm not so i have my days where i'm just like will it even happen will tomorrow happen or is every day a perpetual yesterday i leave you with that goodbye <laughs>